0: Hello, I'm Robin Johnson. Welcome to Curious and Curiouser, a great mystery podcast series exploring ways to help us transform our personal lives and the world we live in. Susan Mukelke is the president of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. Since the organization was established in 1979 by Michael Harner and Sandra Harner, it has been at the forefront of the preservation and study of shamanic traditions from around the world for the welfare of our earth and its inhabitants. In addition to her role as president, Susan is director of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies faculty. She teaches as well as develops courses and programs and is the editor of the foundation's scholarly journal, Shamanism. Welcome, Susan. It is a pleasure to be speaking with you. Thank you, Robin. Very glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Tell us about your personal journey and how you found your way to shamanism. Okay, so uh, as with most people, that's sort of a lifetime journey, you know, and then ending up there, but I'll give you some of the highlights. I, I've always, uh, I was trained as a lawyer, you know, and so I practiced law in Los Angeles for a while. And I realized fairly quickly into that, that uh, it didn't feed my soul. You know, it just, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, there was no uh, uh, in passion from my heart toward that, even though um, I liked the problem-solving aspect of it very much. <laughs> so anyway, from there, I went uh, to working with a nonprofit that was devoted to the idea of resolving conflict without violence and global community. And so for 18 years, I, I worked with that organization, a very fine organization, but our our our. Uh, influence then was very educational we developed courses and did education etc and so it was it was definitely spiritual underpinnings but very much in the, the ordinary reality <laughs> mm-hmm. uh very much in that that mode of education and so after about 18 years i i realized what happened for me is i had a burnout i just really i you know because inside deep inside my goal was I really felt like I'm trying to save the world, you know, from, mm-hmm. from everything and <laughs> and no matter how much you did and how much change you made, if that is sort of your, your overriding goal, you're mm-hmm. going to be disappointed. And so mm-hmm. I had the sort of traditional um, burnout because we worked all very, very hard toward this, this objective. And so um, I took some time off. I kind of took a sabbatical from, from all of the things that I was doing there. And I started thinking, well, well, what would work or what do I want to do? And I made these lists of matching my needs to my, my talents to the, the needs that I felt to, to do something and the needs of the world and uh i uh, after a few weeks of trying to do that i was very discouraged because again you can't get there you can't get that kind of thing from there i was asking the quote right questions but not in the right way and so i i just i i had a, a i'll call it a surrender experience i just said i don't know you know I'm, I'm not sure I'll ever figure this one out, you know, (laughs) so I might as well just find some things that I like to do and do those and just go forward. And so after I had that experience, I went to sleep, uh, to bed one night and I, uh, when I woke up the next morning, um, I heard a voice and it it was an auto, audible voice and I thought, and it said, feed the soul, give it a voice. And it was so distinct, you know, I mean, I mean, all, I mean, many of us have had those kinds of experiences, you know, and so I didn't think I was nuts because I'd never had those experiences before, but, but Hey, who knows? But anyway, so after that experience, what I did is I, uh, I thought, okay, well, that was a pretty direct message. So I, I, uh, just, I thought to myself, well, how do I feed my soul? how do i do that i thought well i had been uh, i had been exposed to as most people had to what we would call you'd call sort of guided visualizations you mm-hmm. know where someone says well you do this and you do this and i thought well i'll go and ask my soul I mean, I didn't really know much about shamanism. I had a friend who was associated with shamanism, and I had a little experience with it, but mostly at that time, it wasn't something that, that drew me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so what I did is I quieted myself, and in a sort of meditative way, I went into a cave searching for my soul, and ask, so I could ask it. <laughs> how do i feed your soul and and um you know i don't you don't need all the the details are not necessarily important but what i had was in effect a shamanic journey experience and what happened in that cave was that i feel that a, a sort of spontaneous soul retrieval occurred Mm -hmm. that was given to me it's not typically done that way but uh, I know uh, other people of course have those kinds of experiences it's not just shamanism where you can really have part of your soul returned but I so I had this 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 major experience and I saw a lot of animals and it was like having a a very vivid waking dream like what uh, uh, some shamanic cultures call big dreams that sort of change your life and so what i did is i um after that experience i felt totally different something in me had really shifted which is what happens with soul retrieval but i didn't know what to call it at that time and so i consulted with my friend who had been my best friend since high school mm-hmm. you know and so um she said well it sounds very shamanic to me and i said well what do you mean what's that mm-hmm. and so i was in san francisco living at san francisco and she had been exposed. She had her, done her training through Michael Harner. And, she, mm-hmm. and so I, he, I went to the next basic that he was offering in San Francisco. And the rest is, as they say, history, <laughs> 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 because um, I, fi- I started to find answers to those kinds of questions. And for me, that experience, of course, shifted something major in, in my life, because that's what happens. So it's one. Of a portion of your soul that is missing comes back. Mm -hmm. Your your essence and um, a a lot of your personal power, Mm -hmm. your dreams, your dreams of, and I'm talking about dreams in the sense of uh, the desires of your heart, which Mm -hmm. you desire to do, that all was reawakened in me in that experience. And right alongside that, songs started spontaneously coming to me with lyrics and music and everything. And I'm not a songwriter. I have not studied music. I've always liked music. And I've always sort of envied songwriters. But these spiritual songs started coming to me. And so I embarked right then on a, what I look back on now as a very important phase of overcoming fear, overcoming doubt you know, because I, I just, I said, well, these songs are coming, so I have to do something with them. And so I would write them down. I took some music lessons. I took some voice lessons, um, not because I thought I was going to become a a performer, but because I wanted to honor that gift. That part of the experience was such an amazing peak experience, a heartfelt experience and, and a shock to me because I never would have put that on my list of things that, that that i should explore doing because it wasn't part of my repertoire at the time so anyway what what happened there was just an amazing affirmation of the experience is what it ended up being and actually the production of the songs actually directly led me to michael harner's attention because they produced some of those songs as a cd as a gift for membership and uh That's a whole other story, but but see when you're this is a I guess I'm going to talk a little shamanically now because my personal experience really lines up with the uh, information and the reports I've heard from many of my clients and my students about things that happen that if you pay attention to them, Mm -hmm. the the, that the spirit world and the spirits are always there, present, waiting for you to wake up and connect with them. Mm -hmm. And when you do, that is that whole business of, you know, the whole idea of you, we've all heard that of when you're on the right path, things open for you Mm -hmm. that would not open for someone else. And so it's just like one thing after another thing, after another thing led me directly to um, working more closely with Michael and eventually becoming uh, the president of the foundation when he stepped aside to do that. So, anyway, that's my personal story. <laughs> Wonderful journey. I have many, many stories like that, and a, a lot of our, uh, my, my colleagues do too. It's just a, it's an amazing thing to be part of because if you need something, the spirits provide it. They provide mm-hmm. it um, not in a way that, that makes you dependent, but in a way that makes you stronger mm-hmm. and encourages you um which we all need in these times i find it i've been working very closely with my spirits these days because there are so many things in the world to that we would like to address and have improved yes so (laughs) speaking of um songs it, it sounds like the songs that you were given were also part of feeding your soul they were because that was feed the soul, give it a voice. Mm-hmm. And that part I didn't I didn't understand, except when I did this this follow up journey to the cave. What I saw was what came to me is it, along with the cave was uh, a picture of this, uh, like an image of this old guitar that I'd had when I was sixteen and dragged from house to house to house, you know, mm-hmm. And then something like, I don't know, it must have been, well, it was quite a few years later. Um, I, I thought, oh, okay, so I ta- I took it out and started playing around with it, and that's when the sort of floodgates opened mm-hmm. uh, with these songs, because, uh, again, I think it was partly a gift to me, um, something I could also offer to people in terms of, I use the songs now a lot in my healing practice, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, uh, shamans work with songs all the time, um, songs, and uh, chants and things like that all the time poetry it's very much the language of the heart so. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and that's what i wanted to ask about also because i know in in the amazon for instance some of the shaman have what they call icaros which are their songs but are sh- are shamans or shamanic practitioners sometimes given a song to use for healing that's their personal song uh Uh, songs are very, very much a part of uh, the shaman's practice, contemporary or indigenous. The song, and the songs can be various kinds of songs. There, there's what we call a power song Mm -hmm. and a power song is typically a song that you get from one of your helping spirits in order to call that spirit's power to you, Mm -hmm. call that spirit to come to you. So all shamans have those kinds of connections and songs. Not every single shaman uses a, a song, but everyone I know has those kinds of power songs. And then then there's what we call the soul song. Mm-hmm. And that is a song where it's a practice that we do in our workshops where you invite your own soul to wake up in your body. Songs are considered um, the, the language of the heart, mm-hmm. you know, and the heart's and I'm talking of course in some senses metaphorically but the heart is the thing is where the soul expresses its desires because it doesn't have a voice Mm -hmm. okay so so when you do your soul song you connect directly with your soul and you invite it to wake up and be fully empowered in your body and then uh most of us uh, a lot of us do this as a daily practice because it strengthens your soul. If the stronger your soul is in your body, the more awake, the more enlivened it is, then everything goes better in your life. you know it's like I said that you're, you're in directly in connect connection with the spirits through your own soul and you're very empowered in your own soul. By that connection and by your soul being alive and awake and invited to be part of your life most of us walk through our lives these days uh, um, with our souls somewhat asleep and at night in dreams sometimes dreams are also communications oftentimes you know from a shamanic <laughs> perspective of the soul so there are those kinds of power songs and then there are songs that that um in some of the healing practices that we do We invite the spirits to give us a song that will help heal our client. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the power of the spirit is embodied in the song. And it's the singing of the song to the client, the client doesn't have to know the song, The singing of the, the song to the client that provides that power and that healing. So there, you know, and I'm sure there are a lot of other reasons to have songs. Songs, of course, come to people uh, for tribal, for ceremonies, things like that. But yes, songs and, um, and in some senses, it's the, it's the poetry of it. It's the sound and the poetry that, uh, that uh, appeal to the spirits or mm-hmm. connect with the spirits mm-hmm. from our own souls. Okay. <laughs> yeah soul to spirit connection right right yes and so it's a very it's actually uh for a shaman it's a very if you are connected with your spirits it's a very uh simple practice in some senses but the power comes from your direct connection with the spirits and your experience with that spirit over time and that spirit's um willingness to help you because you're trying to help someone else so uh it's a very uh, can be a very um sometimes I do that for people who are who a client say who's really suffering at a time but I can't see them for a while so mm-hmm. I'll do this simple kind of song to get them um to sort of protect them and hold them and strengthen them until we can do the the major work that needs to be done so it's a beautiful um, thing to be able to do songs, and I think for for all, a lot of us, uh, uh, some people get confused. It's not a performance because it doesn't matter what your voice is like. It doesn't matter anything. What matters is that you connect and you let it flow out there, and you let go to it without being self-conscious about you know performance. Mm-hmm. As I said, I grew up in Los Angeles, and that you know. Performance capital of the world, of the world you know. It's like, so, so, so that was one of the things I had to overcome in my own journey. Is is that the songs weren't given to me to be some, you know, to be a rock star or anything. Although that would be fun, but, <laughs> but but they were really given to me to offer to other people, you know. And the voice, what didn't matter. What mattered was the the intention and the connection with the spirits so <laughs> and uh, can anyone learn to access uh, or develop a relationship with the helping spirits well um what we have discovered and um michael i know always said too and uh, it's been true as far as I've, i'm concerned uh anyone who persists in mastering there there is a methodology and shamanism is a discipline. I think there's a lot of confusion. People oftentimes think that, well, you have to be born with this talent. Mm-hmm. In some indigenous tribes, it's considered to be that. And there's, there's a lot of lineage um, uh, uh, transfer of this kind of shamanism. But um, our experience and the experience of most shamans is is that, that uh, it is a human birthright, that it's built into us uh to be able to connect in this way with another dimension of reality where the spirits live that we're able to do this and all of us have uh, i think almost everybody i've ever talked to anyway anyway has had at least some experience with this other dimensions of reality even if it's through dreams dreams are a connecting way through that peak experiences you know where you're walking along you're doing something and suddenly you feel like one with the universe you know those kinds of experiences so it's a, from our perspective um it's a human birthright that's why we when we talk about core shamanism and shamanism this is not in any way a, a, an appropriation of indigenous cultures or their values or their methodologies i think that was michael's genius too Is is that he was very sensitive to the fact that, um, of not taking, taking or using or copying or, or like a wannabe Native American or something mm-hmm. like that. Cause this, this was much deeper as a human birthright, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, uh, it was a much deeper concept that, uh, we had lost this ability, not the ability, but we had lost that we had lost the path the Mm -hmm. path to connect directly the way shamans have done Mm -hmm. and so yes here the simple answer to this is that our experience is that if you persist if you follow the methodology that that Michael has given to us um um and you you follow it closely um Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily it's going to be easy you Mm -hmm. know at first some people find it They, you know from the get-go they're able to do that Mm -hmm. and then other people struggle for some time but they have to struggle because you have to really want it you know Mm -hmm. if you just go and think well i'm kind of curious and you test it out you probably would have a good experience but um, if you are really committed to it it is a path it's a discipline path um, and um, a but also uh, once you start on the path then it's an independently spiritual process. You know, mm-hmm. we don't tell people. We tell people how to access these realms and these spirits. Mm-hmm. Not tell them. We have them. We give them experiences, and we train them in the method. Mm-hmm. And then, then if they connect with the spirits, the spirits then become their teachers. We are mm-hmm. their ordinary reality pointers to the path and the doorway, mm-hmm. but um, it's the spirits that do the actual. Um, Healing, the work, um, provide the power, uh, the insight, everything. So, I've read that in many uh, traditional cultures, there's a belief that before a child is born, that an animal or a spirit being on the other side volunteers to accompany it for its whole life. and um, And I found that very comforting. Yeah, well, I think if uh, again i if, uh, people i've talked to but i tend to talk to people who are interested in shamanism <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> so who knows but but you know uh, almost all children are very shamanically oriented you mm-hmm. know they uh, the whole idea you know of imaginary pets kind mm-hmm. of thing you know uh, uh, is is uh until until we're trained out of it We are, that's another reason for, for thinking or knowing that it's a human birthright to be able to see and connect with these realities. Now there's also, there is a certain amount of talent involved in some senses, but it's actually more training and openness and willingness. But children are naturally shamanic, which is, I'll just take a chance to say that here, it's one reason why we, we don't, uh, we do healing for children, of course. And we definitely want to help them with, you know, bring bring a power animal or whatever to them Mm -hmm. with proper permission, which Mm -hmm. I won't go into the details now, but but we don't teach them themselves to journey because a shaman is considered a master of both realities. They Mm -hmm. have to be able to function very well in this reality and in order to be effective. Healers, because if I was uh, in a shamanic state of consciousness all of time, all the time, I'd be more of a saint, you know, and I'd have to have uh, accolades or whatever they call be, mm-hmm. people around me, assistants, etc., to help me, you know, mm-hmm. because I would not really be that present in ordinary reality. So mm-hmm. a lot of those people, when they're really they, if you read any stories of the saints, they are so connected in that other realm that they have to be reminded to eat and all of those kinds of things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and again, that's not, that's not a a criticism of that, but we're not saints. We're not interested in sainthood. We're very, very interested in bringing the power and the healing of the spirits to help alleviate pain and suffering in this realm Mm -hmm. um, to help heal, to, to move our world forward. And Mm -hmm. in doing that, we, of course, benefit greatly. We personally benefit greatly. I mean, my I've become a much better person, <laughs> a much healthier person, you know, since, uh, and I'm not talking just physically, I'm talking, you know, a much, much uh, more alive uh, after having worked with the spirits. On the word shaman, it's my understanding also that in traditional cultures, uh, no one would call themselves a shaman. That a shaman was given that name by the community because of their ability to heal. Right. The that you know, that's uh, that has uh, there's a lot of depth to that issue. And one of the things is is that those who work with the helping spirits. Um, even though they become very, I would say, powerful and confident of their skills mm-hmm. when they work with these fully compassionate spirits, they um, they are actually quite humble. They mm-hmm. you, you don't go around taking credit for it. So we in the foundation follow that 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 mode that we don't call ourselves we don't name ourselves a shaman. But if one of your clients calls you their shaman, that's, that's, that's okay because you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, um, part of the, the whole issue is, is that we work, we try to work and it's just always a struggle for human beings, uh, with humility. You know, because if you work with helping spirits, you understand that if a miracle, if you do something with a client and the miracle occurs, you know, we, and we have a lot of stories about tumors disappearing and all of these kinds of things. But if you, but we don't, that's not our goal, our goal is to do the healing, whatever's needed, and then the spirits bring the power and the spirits actually do the work. Uh, but as a trained shaman, you know how to. The major thing you know how to do is you have a very strong relationship with these spirits. They they come here when you call mm-hmm. uh, to help because they want to help. They mm-hmm. want to help, and they we are in partnership with the helping spirits. They don't tell us what to do, mm-hmm. um, and we uh, and we have to do our part. And our part is to become. I don't necessarily, a lot of shamans, you've heard, they do refer to themselves sometimes as the hollow bone, or have mm-hmm. you heard that, you know? Mm-hmm. But the idea is, is, is that we tone ourselves up to be able to hold the power of the spirits, mm-hmm. and we become the doorway that, mm-hmm. that brings them here. And so, you know, for you to go, for a person to go around saying, well, I did this healing and I did that healing. And I, the spirits, uh, typically what you'll see a lot of times is the people who do that kind of thing oftentimes don't have the kind of power that the very quiet, quiet about that ones mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. They have a great deal of power, perhaps, and respect from their tribes, mm-hmm. but um, uh, even in this reality, you know, I mean... I mean, all of us. I mean, nobody. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. But when you're enlightened, you 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 automatically become more humble. Not mm-hmm. self-depreciating or not putting yourself down. You mm-hmm. recognize the power you have, um, but there's no need to like, you know, you don't have to inflict that on somebody else. You know, <laughs> it's like, and the spirits you know especially that's why we talk about when we do healings we talk about the whole idea of altruism Mm -hmm. the spirits um as far the helping spirits now i'm talking about we would have to go through a whole scheme of the spirits of the upper world and the lower world not the spirits that are not fully evolved. Mm -hmm. the the fully enlightened ones that we work with they don't necessarily respect they don't um they themselves have no agendas And their Mm -hmm. desire is to do what's best for the person's soul Mm -hmm. that you're trying to heal. And so uh, the more we work in that spirit with them, Mm -hmm. that we're not, that's, you know, it's a sort of like the whole idea of a doctor operating on their son or daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like. Uh, (laughs) You know, we just don't do that because there's a thing that gets in the way and Mm -hmm. we may not make the best decisions from a spiritual standpoint. The spirits very much think very much are the the more you work with somebody who you have no vested interest in at all. Mm -hmm. You're calling and really working hard to have the spirits come and help this person. Mm -hmm. Then there is a, a boost of power. Mm -hmm. It's not that it doesn't work because I worked on my my family because a lot of times they won't work with anyone else kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it it can work. But the ideal is, is that you work um, out of the compassion of your own heart Mm -hmm. and then the spirits really, really ramp up their power. Mm -hmm. So that's why part, that's the whole underpinnings of why we don't call ourselves shamans. We don't go around bragging about how many healings we've done and the miracles that we've accomplished. I use those kinds of stories, and other teachers use those kinds of stories uh, to show people the power of shamanism, not mm-hmm. the power of, of, of me personally. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And the drum. Talk about the drum or the clack sticks or the gongs that's a that's a a a good uh, an interesting subject these days the drum itself is used by drum click sticks as you said rhythmic percussion sound you know sometimes Mm -hmm. it's even bells you Mm -hmm. know what i mean or it can Mm -hmm. be all kinds of things putting two rocks together you know mm-hmm. um even with us modern people a little pillbox that you shake like a rattle you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. um and uh like 90 percent of the world's shamanic peoples uh use this kind of method to alter their consciousness which is uh it, it, drums are probably the primary one you know mm-hmm. more much but uh a lot of different kinds of things and then the rattle probably second Mm-hmm. you know, and then there are some who even use um, rhythmic songs, mm-hmm. you know, for really long journeys like the Sami people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the important thing is, is that uh, what Michael discovered in his experimentation, and of course, we've been doing this now for several decades, um, is, is that uh, the, the, the drum at a certain beat uh, at a certain beat of it's three to five three to seven beats per second which is hertz you know mm-hmm. alters our consciousness so that we can then if you're trained you mm-hmm. can then do these shamanic journeys
1: mm-hmm. to mm-hmm.
0: visit spirits in other dimensions mm-hmm. and the big news is not so much that that there are spirits because there are is that there is another reality maybe a lot probably a lot more than one reality mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're talking about you know mm-hmm. so the drum itself is a is um a, a lot of shamanic peoples describe it as the horse it's the horse that they ride to visit the spirits you know so they're playing the drum that starts to alter their consciousness and then they know how and we teach people how that's the method we teach how to Uh, to enter into this other reality with purpose and intention so the idea is not just to have this it's always nice to have a kind of altered state consciousness (laughs) reality because that's (laughs) kind of can be fun (laughs) but the whole purpose of it is really is it's done with intention and purpose to meet the spirits your own spirits that you Mm -hmm. have to uh, open the pathways to bring the spiritual power here Mm-hmm. And because the spirits themselves, from what we've seen, these compassionate spirits, they want to help. They mm-hmm. want to help. And to the extent that you're trying to help them help, they are really mm-hmm. going to be present for you. So you. I read um, years, this was years ago, so I may not be remembering it quite correctly, but I read uh, Sandra Ingerman's book, Medicine for the Earth. In there, she shared a story about a group of shamanic practitioners were able to actually even heal the water in a river. Mm-hmm. There, there, shamanism can be used in many ways to help uh, not just humans, help mm-hmm. heal humans, but uh, all life forms on the earth itself uh the, the, the but there are two modes and i'd like to to say that there are first of all there are very important what we call permission issues associated with doing this kind of work mm-hmm. so in other words before i like i might see a, an ailing tree you know mm-hmm. the tree is ailing and my if, if shamanically oriented i might not wouldn't now but i might say well i'll just ask the spirits to heal that tree you know i'll bring mm-hmm. the spirits and we'll do a thing and we'll heal the tree that would be what we call sorcery we, mm-hmm. that would be a violation of the of the permission issues because each and from a shamanic perspective everything is alive and I'm talking about even human made things everything mm-hmm. is alive and and has spirit and if that's so it deserves respect and the uh, and for you to ask if if it mm-hmm. wants the healing Mm -hmm. and so so uh that's the short shorthand term for what i'm saying so in other words what i would do then with that tree or it would be waters i would connect with the the spirit of that and ask if it would like help would Mm -hmm. it like and what what would it like help with healing would it Mm -hmm. like to you know purification or whatever it is and then i would and if i assuming that i received a yes and Mm -hmm. again we we do as you get more experienced you learn how to connect and sense Mm -hmm. the answers to these questions Mm -hmm. and assuming the answer was yes then i could then call in my spirits and i could ask them to help in Mm -hmm. whatever or they might give me a ceremony Mm -hmm. or they might give me a song or they Mm -hmm. might just do direct healing with it you know and you have to have again you have to have experience with these kinds of things to know, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to really sense what I'm talking about here, but you can do direct spirit with uh, direct healing with anything. If you are very careful and follow the permissions, that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what I think one of that's one issue that was Michael's genius, uh, really is, is that that's how I think he really upped the whole game of shamanism Mm -hmm. is that he, he, that we, that you had to have permission. So, you know, so it would be sort of like, you know, you go to a a cocktail party or something and, and I see you or a person and I say, oh, that person's not doing too well here. Well, I'll just, you know, send them some healing. I don't need to tell them anything. I'll just send them some healing. That's sorcery because I have overridden your soul, Mm -hmm. you know and uh, with humans you have to have direct permission so if I wanted to do some healing for you I might say something like well you know I've seen I think shamanic work might help you would you like me to to do that and then they have to know what shamanism is and you have to then verbally say yes to me so Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit more straightforward with plants and animals but but it's the same principle Mm -hmm. otherwise you are uh, ultimately what you're doing is causing harm Mm -hmm. because you know i i wouldn't want somebody messing with my soul Mm -hmm. you know i have the right to choose where i go so anyway so this this principle applies to all of nature all of the world rocks everything Mm -hmm. i call them earth forms life forms and earth forms okay Mm -hmm. they're not a quote what we would call a life form so um the the uh while this can work in the kinds of situation you're describing, like a river or a tree, like I was describing, um, if if you do not understand this issue of 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 permission, mm-hmm. then you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You just you can't you or or you will be doing harm, or you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so you know you learn a lot of these things as you become more experienced. Mm-hmm um uh, but the danger of that is is that you have a lot of people out there now joining together in groups and trying to affect change with spiritual means that don't understand these principles mm-hmm. and that ultimately does not does not go well it does not go well It'd be sort of like me saying okay I have, having my spirits come in and asking them to make sure some politician wins an election mm-hmm. you know? It's it's not the way we're meant to work. So the second aspect is the one I'd really like to get to is the the second aspect and um, is what we've been focusing on lately. It's not that you can't do ceremonies, etc. But if you understand that, that's great. But one of the really important things Mm -hmm. is um, is if you uh, go to the spirits and ask them questions. How can I help heal this river? Mm -hmm. is there and you're looking in some senses for an ordinary reality solution Mm -hmm. so in other words i do my research we're Mm -hmm. really focused we have a new course called um, uh, shamanism for inspired local and global change that's Mm -hmm. both online and in person and the whole idea of that it course is to i do my research say i'm interested in helping the trees You know, Mm -hmm. so I, I, I do my research on the local forest or whatever trees I'm trying to help. I see what's wrong with them. I, I do ordinary reality research and then I go to my spirits, I I come up with a plan. You know, Mm -hmm. some way I think might help in ordinary reality. And then I go to the spirits and I say, okay, what am I not seeing Mm -hmm. here? What more can I do? How can I really help further? What do you think of my plan? you know is this going to help or whatever and then you carry out the the in ordinary reality and that is one of the most powerful things that you can do that's what we call shamanic divination Mm -hmm. meaning asking for answers to Mm -hmm. questions you know and so those two things together uh have the um the potential to 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 actually really totally transform our world because you're working both in the physical ordinary reality dimension and you're working in the spiritual dimension to come up with something that will be sustainable and workable over time so we're we're very excited actually about those kinds of you know shamanism for that kind of transformation that's wonderful. But ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, it's the person, it's the human, though. That that's sort of my personal interest is, uh, you know, shaman, what shamanism can do to help humans become more, mm-hmm. more enlightened, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that we don't keep getting ourselves into these cycles of destruction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Know, go in an upward cycle instead of a downward yeah. cycle. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, what you mentioned about permission and stuff is being able to see the bigger picture, like, which we can't always see, because sometimes death also is the perfect healing. Exactly. And that's why, uh, again, in healing, we talk about that a lot of time, you know, you go to your, your spirits and some, I've had my spirits just say, you know, they, they provide comfort, but they kind of go... Mm-hmm. You know, and so I know that at least at that particular point, it doesn't mean I know somebody's going to die or whatever, but I know that this person is either not ready for this, the kind of miracle healing that they might like, mm-hmm. um, or or there is, it It all has a reason and purpose, mm-hmm. and so you follow those instructions, so that's a very wise understanding that, that you know, um, death is not is from a shamanic perspective, it's not the worst thing that can happen to us. <laughs> you know? It's it's a part of the cycles, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and there's a timing for it. And and um, it's not our job to decide again when it's time for a person. It's mm-hmm. their own soul that you want to decide. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful understanding. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the whole idea is, is, is I've been looking more and more at the, the helping spirits. Again, these fully evolved spirits Mm -hmm. as my role models, Mm -hmm. you know, they, you can't work with them really closely over time and not desire to be a better person that to be, to be a more loving person, you Mm -hmm. know, you just, and, um, uh, and, and the compassion, that you feel expands Like it really expands your heart. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you wish that you could turn some of it off, you know, because many of us get, I mean, we see so many problems and it's easy to let yourself get um, sucked into the problems and feel despairing and all of that, which is why I've been looking more and more at uh, the spirits as role models too, because they're fully compassionate and loving, but they don't, as far as I've been able to tell, they see it as part, you were talking about, they see it as part of the big picture, mm-hmm. you know, that that there is a, a purpose for all of this pain and suffering, not that that means that we shouldn't stop it or try to work mm-hmm. with it or to help, mm-hmm. um, but there is in the big picture, It's that's the whole issue of the journey of each individual soul. And Mm -hmm. the earth spirit, the earth soul, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a, there, we're all going through a process and that's why the whole issue of permission is important too, because my decisions about my own soul have an impact on the whole system, because Mm -hmm. it's not that we're interconnected. It's that we're one. Mm -hmm. I I am every bit the earth as the earth is the earth, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm essential to that. And so, anyway, I think that that the spirits themselves are um, so compassionate that you come to what I like to, again, I call it compassionate neutrality. Mm -hmm. So, fully compassionate, but having the long long and the big perspective that all of this has a teaching to offer us, which doesn't, again, um, mean that it hasn't that it's not acutely painful at times but in some senses it's sort of as painful as our soul perhaps needs it to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know (laughs) but it also can be as glorious as our soul needs it to be I know that in my life I've always sort of felt like well uh, you know has to be painful and all this kind of stuff but now that I've gotten past some of the I'm I'm not enlightened some of the pain and all of that kind of stuff what I can start to experience is the the glory the Mm -hmm. the uh, the the joy of of each moment each day each Mm -hmm. each change that occurs you know each leaf that falls I mean all of those kinds of things that Poets always talk about, you -hmm. know, because, and I can learn by my compassion and caring for those things. I don't have to be driven by my personal pain, Mm -hmm. which, which is, um, uh, it's so, uh, freeing. And that's where I see hope. I would say that's where I see hope is that, and that's where I think shamanism is incredible too, because, um, We connect with, when we connect with the spirits, we are connecting to that biggest picture. Mm -hmm. Even if every day is our small step-by-step progress or help or assistance. But when we connect with them, we get a glimpse of the possibility of a kind of future that we are moving forward and working for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You can see you get me started and <laughs> No, I I I just I think it's a it's a beautiful thing to to have a work like this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you know, it's just a like I said um very um wonderful kind of experience to be able to to you know, to to still be fully human but mm-hmm. but also to see that that to, to see yourself as a, an essential um, drop, you know, very very big bucket, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that it's all working at some level together, mm-hmm. and that there is a reason for everything, and um, that that we can do everything that we can do, mm-hmm. and and that's what that's all we can do and all we're expected to do Mm -hmm. wonderful thank you susan if you would like to get in touch with susan visit the foundation website shamanism.org and while you are there be sure to watch the documentary the way of the shaman with michael harner it is truly fabulous and be sure to check out their programs If you'd like to get in touch with me, go to greatmystery.org and send a message. Thank you for listening.